What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Self Helpless. I'm Delaney Fisher. I'm Kelsey Cook. And I'm Taylor Tomlinson. And today we are talking about plant-based nutrition. We have an amazing guest today, Dr. Pamela Ferguson. Pamela is a registered dietitian with a PhD in nutrition with over 15 years of experience. She runs a private practice as a nutritionist in Canada. She has spoken at several international conferences concerning the plant-based prevention of disease. She's worked with um, organizations like UNICEF. She serves on leadership teams for dietitians of Canada and sustainable food systems. We are so excited to have her here. Please welcome Dr. Pamela Ferguson to Self Helpless. Thank you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah, we're very excited to just dive on in. But first, uh, do you have a favorite or least favorite quote you'd like to kick this off with? Uh, I'm just going to say, eat plants and shine your light. (laughs) I love it. That's cute. That is super cute. Okay, so we got a lot. We have a lot of questions about um, plant-based nutrition and nutrients and all that good stuff. Um, But before we get into it, would you mind just giving us a little bit of a background on how you got into this area of of health and everything like that, what your background is? Sure. Well, I'm a registered dietitian. I have a PhD in nutrition. And I really got inspired to get into nutrition because I realized when looking at North America and our most common killers, um, you know, heart disease, diabetes, cancers, uh, you know, that nutrition is one of the biggest modifiable factors that we have in terms of what we control. We can reduce our risk of these diseases and improve our life so we can live with optimal health, 
um, as much as possible by improving our nutrition. That's the most important factor that we have control over. And so I just thought, why wait to treat disease when we can try to prevent it? And that's why I got excited about nutrition. And when you look at nutrition, the best quality evidence we have tells us that eating a high-fiber diet, and fiber comes from plants, uh, eating lots of fruits and veggies, nuts and seeds, whole grains, um, pulses, that's the way to go in terms of optimizing your health. So I became really passionate about plants. Awesome. And is uh, are you currently on a plant-based diet yourself? And have you always been doing that? Like, what's your kind of um, personal health background, if you don't mind me asking? Sure. I eat a plant-based diet. I'm also vegan. So I'm vegan for more reasons than just my health. I also care about the animals and um, for, about the environment. Okay. Uh, but I haven't always been vegan, definitely. Um, I was vegetarian for a long time. I was omnivore for a while. Um, but I have been vegan for, oh, I don't know, six or seven years now, and I love it. So I feel great. I have a question. So when you say plant-based, you can be plant-based and not be vegan? Yeah, absolutely. Plant-based really refers to your diet. And for some people who are on a plant-based diet, they may just be kind of predominantly plant-based. They may mm. sometimes eat animal products. Um, some people who talk about being plant-based, they're 100% plant-based, but then they may also say, wear leather or you know go to the zoo or something like that and as a vegan i don't believe in using animals for clothing or entertainment or um any way of using animals um that you know doesn't have their consent so uh i wouldn't participate in any of that gotcha Mm -hmm. um i'm i'm a new vegan so i have a lot of questions especially when it comes to uh, nutrition and everything, but Kelsey Taylor, do you have any like awesome? Uh, Kelsey and Taylor are uh, not vegan or plant based, and I'm sure you guys probably have a lot of like more burning questions than I might have. <laughs> um, so if you do, you guys want to kick it off, and then we can just get into it. Um, sure. Uh, so I eat meat, <laughs> maybe more than mm-hmm. both. Uh, well, Delaney's vegan now, but Taylor, you don't eat that much meat anymore. I don't right? eat that much meat. Yeah. And then it'll, I tried to go back and do the paleo thing for a few weeks to see how I would feel. And, uh, yeah, I go, I go back and forth, mm-hmm. but yeah, for the most part, I don't eat a ton of meat, especially after hanging out with Delaney for extended periods <laughs> yeah. of time you go I guess I don't really have to yeah uh, but yeah but I am more I am more careful about like you know eating too much bread and sugar and gluten and stuff than I think Delaney is so like for me b- going vegan sounds really really hard and she's like there are vegan cupcakes and I'm like I know but I can't have them <laughs> right I wondered if um you feel that certain meats are worse than others because People talk about like, oh, red meat is Mm. the worst for you. I've heard that for so many years. But then I've also heard people say chicken is the worst because the way that chickens are raised is so inhumane and um, it's really dirty, all this stuff. Do you have an opinion on that? Well, let's talk just about our health first, our personal health. Um, WHO has recently come out with warnings about particularly highly processed meats. So there you'd have bacon, salami, deli meats, that kind of thing. So those would be, in terms of your health, the most dangerous meats. And they're definitely not good for our hearts. We've known that for a long time. They also increase our risk of diabetes. But now we also understand that they can be carcinogens. Um, And then next would be red meat. And there we would really be saying that the 
uh, amount of red meat that you're eating. Um, the more red meat that you eat, uh, the more dangerous for your health. Um, and then after that, uh, you know, any diet that contains a very high level of animal protein um, can be inflammatory. Um, and certainly if you're eating a lot of animal protein and not eating um, you know, fruits and vegetables and not eating nuts and seeds and whole grains and lentils and all those wonderful things, then you are missing out on a lot of the benefits of plants um, in terms of disease prevention. Gotcha. Then the next thing comes when you start considering um, animal cruelty. And, uh, you know, when you start looking with a wider lens, other than just thinking only about your health, when you look at the food system and consider the animals' um, experience of being raised and also um, you think about the impact on the environment, then um, definitely chickens, um, egg farming, dairy farming, these are unfortunately very cruel industries and um, they are not good for the environment either. Moving in the direction of a plant-based diet, even if you are still an omnivore but you move toward a plant-based diet, this reduces your impact on the environment, and also, um, you know, does reduce the um, impact of your diet in terms of cruelty to animals as well. Got it. Awesome. And um, there's, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of discussion about protein when it comes to a plant-based diet. A lot of people think that you cannot get protein on a plant-based diet or enough enough of of it. And can you just kind of explain like where protein comes from and where people get it on a plant-based diet, if it's the same amount or any, anything that you want to share about that? You know, I think that myth is starting to go away. I'm going to, I'm going to call it and say that I think that that myth is starting to dissipate. Um, We are so fortunate in Canada to have had a change to our food side in its um, recent incarnation to now there is a protein group. Um, And yes, animal proteins are in there, um, meat as well as dairy, but also um, plant-based proteins like uh, beans and lentils, nuts and seeds. These are wonderful sources of protein. And the guide recommends that people choose plant-based sources of protein more often uh, so I think people are starting to get the picture that actually plant foods can be very rich in protein. Mm-hmm. And we're also seeing a real explosion of meat alternatives. Um, you know, a lot of people who are omnivores have, for example, tried a Beyond Burger now. Um, so people are so starting good. to understand that you absolutely, it's so good, <laughs> and that you absolutely can get your protein um, without consuming animal products. So I think that myth is going away. And the reality is that protein is found in almost all foods, um, vegetables, even fruits, all contain some protein. And this adds up throughout your day. And uh, you really, I don't think any of you would have ever found someone who's like hospitalized for a protein deficiency, you know, <laughs> right. in Canada, never heard of it. don't <laughs> really ever see that. Right. But the reality is that only about 5% of Canadians are meeting their fiber requirements. Almost all of us are meeting our protein requirements. Like it's almost impossible not to meet them as long as you're eating enough calories. Mm. Um, but only about 5% of Canadians are meeting their fiber requirements. So I would just wow. encourage everyone who's listening to just like 
if there's one thing you take away, just start eating more fiber. And when you eat more fiber, you're going to decrease your risk of disease. You are going to be so much healthier and you will automatically be eating more plants because plants are our only source of fiber. Yeah. You more. Yeah. <laughs> Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. <laughs> um, I, I was going to say, you know, where do you think that like misconception comes from because I I would love to think that 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 stereotype is going away but being a new vegan it's the number one thing people respond with when I tell them that I'm on a plant-based diet is oh man you're you're not going to get enough protein you better 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 figure that out and so I I would like to think it's diminishing but I feel like I've been faced with it so frequently that I I'm just curious like do you have any idea like where that came from or why we believe that or why we've been kind of raised to believe that Oh, I'm really sad to hear that people are still asking you. I feel like I get yeah. asked that less often now, but maybe oh, it's just because um, I've been vegan for longer. Yeah. But okay, so if it's constant, then that's, I'm sorry and sad <laughs> to hear that that's the way it is. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give you a really honest answer. I think that it comes partly from this kind of strange tie we have in our culture to um, masculinity and meat. You know, yeah. I just think mm -hmm. like strength is associated with big muscles and that people seem to think that you have to eat meat to grow big muscles and barbecuing big slabs of meat like is seen as manly and providing for the family and cooking over fire and all this garbage that we totally don't to buy into this stuff. And as women in particular, we need to really recognize like we do not need to try to compete with them on that level. And we need to also just recognize that compassion is strength and uh, that we can absolutely meet our um, needs without needing to um, be cruel to another being. So I think that we should really examine where this protein thing is coming from. I think it's partly coming from this sort of toxic masculinity thing that is pushed on men and also um, pushed on women that we should somehow measure up to this false standard. Mm. And then the next thing I think it comes from, unfortunately, is the industry itself um, targeting uh, through marketing, um, even targeting children in school where like, for example, um, you know, milk is marketed to children in school and they, you know, are taught that they need to have that glass of milk um, to grow strong, grow healthy bones and all that stuff. And, you know, we allow that. We allow that in our schools for the dairy farmers to distribute their materials and things. And I think we need to look at all of that and realize that that's just marketing um, and it's actually not nutrition information. It's uh, people trying to sell a product to our children. Yeah. Yeah. Calcium is another one where, yeah, people think if you're not drinking milk, you're not getting enough calcium. So like, where do you get calcium on a plant-based diet? Well, beans and greens are really the answer to so many questions when it mm -hmm. comes to nutrition um, and a plant-based diet. So beans and greens are wonderful sources of calcium. But I do also recommend that people, um, if you are drinking a plant-based milk, that you look for a fortified plant-based milk. Um, 
So when you go to buy, say, your soy milk or your almond milk or your cashew milk or whatever milk you enjoy at the supermarket, um, just flip the package over and make sure that it is a fortified product. Um, and it will contain, if you buy, and most soy milks or any alternative milk in Canada will be fortified. Right. And they're fortified to the same level of calcium that a dairy milk um, glass contains. So one glass of um, milk, whether it's plant-based or um, dairy milk, will contain about a third of your calcium requirements for the day. So it's just kind of an easy way to top up your calcium requirements. But even if you don't um, drink plant-based milk, you can definitely meet your calcium requirements um, just by eating lots of beans and greens and nuts and seeds. Those will be your best sources of calcium. Sweet. Yeah, I've always been impressed with that when I look at um, my almond milk labels. I'm like, oh, I'm knocking out such a big chunk of calcium just in my morning smoothie. Um, can you exactly can you That's say right. what the daily requirement is for fiber? Probably aim for at least 25 grams, and I might be a bit low there, but most people will be lower than that. So maybe start with that as your as your goal. Okay, that's such a staggering statistic that only five percent of Canadians are meeting that, um, and I don't even know what it is that's in America. Right. But um, I had another. Yeah, question. you know what? It's just as bad in America. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I had another question about deli meat. So I make myself a wrap every day with like turkey from the deli it's not Mm -hmm. you know oscar Mm -hmm. meyer brand it's from whole foods or whatever but does it even matter if it's like something from whole foods that seems like it's less processed or is any deli meat you are getting processed any deli meat that you're getting is processed um at least somewhat um there are going to be like salts and probably nitrates and things that are added as preservatives um you know you can go for a less processed option um but yes any deli meat will be at least somewhat processed Hmm, okay dang it Uh, so many changes taylor do you have stuff so maybe maybe switch it up maybe don't have that sandwich every day maybe try and like um i love like a chickpea salad sandwich or a roasted vegetable sandwich with hummus or something maybe do that like even just two or three days of the week try Try switch it up so that you aren't giving yourself that processed meat every single day. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. The and dose it, makes the poison for sure. And I appreciate you like approaching it in that way because I'm sure there's a lot of people there that are like, you have to take it all out now, never eat it ever again. And <laughs> right. thank you for not making me feel like I, you know, need to completely change everything I'm doing. Hey, yeah, well, everyone has to work at their own pace, and you know what, like, you've developed that habit because you like it and because it's comfortable for you and. So, you know, maybe just experimenting with something else, maybe you'll develop a new habit and then start to move in that direction. So, yeah, you know, just point. start and experiment and, and yeah, exactly. You have to want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Dragging right. my feet a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I guess my question is, is, is it all kind of intertwined for you as far as like your decision to be plant-based and vegan i mean is it the animal cruelty is it more so that is it more so the health issues that come with consuming animal products i feel like there's so much conflicting information that you read about like whether or not animal products are healthy for you i i feel like i buy more into the meat thing and like meat not being good for you than like the thing that i get stuck on is eggs and i feel like there are so Mm -hmm. many different sources that are like no eggs are actually great for you and then the next day they're like eggs are the worst thing you could possibly do (laughs) and whenever (laughs) i have tried to go vegan or vegetarian eggs has always been the one thing that i have a real problem 
cutting out completely? Well, I think, you know, this is a common experience. It often is like one food, maybe it's cheese for a lot of people or it's eggs that people um, have difficulty giving up. What I would say about that is um, that for me, yes, I am motivated by health in terms of eating a plant-based diet, but I'll be, I'm going to be just a hundred percent honest that the evidence that we have in my opinion shows that a predominantly plant-based diet is the healthiest for us. Um, is there a big difference in terms of your health between being like, say, 80 or 90% plant-based versus being 100% plant-based? I think that it's kind of diminishing returns when you get up mm. to being that. And when I say plant-based, I'm eating actual, like, not vegan cupcakes. Like, I'm eating actual <laughs> plants. <laughs> right? Uh, so, right. Um, so, that's where that's the picture in terms of your health when it comes to the environment i also think that eating a predominantly plant-based diet absolutely will reduce your um impact in terms of your water footprint your greenhouse gas emissions of your diet so there's no doubt that plant a plant-based diet is healthier for the environment as well could you be mostly plant-based and that's still pretty good for the environment yes when it comes to animal cruelty for me, there's just really no wiggle room there. Now that the way that I see animals and the agricultural industry, I really just don't want that in my body. And I really don't want my money going to support it at all. So mm. I want nothing to do with it. Um, but, you know, when it comes to eggs, I agree. There is conflicting evidence on the health of eggs. I think it's always uh, going to be conflicting whenever you look at a single ingredient food. Mm. Um and you really need to look at someone's overall diet, what they're eating overall, how often they eat eggs, all that kind of thing in terms of evaluating their diet. But um, when it comes to the actual life experience of a hen that is raised to lay eggs, that is a miserable life. And uh, there's no getting around that. Even free range or organic, those things really offer very little protections. And we're talking about hens that live um, in incredibly cramped conditions, mostly having just a little bit more than a sheet of paper space allocated to them, often not getting any access to the outdoors for their entire lives, mm -hmm. um, and um, just living really uncomfortable um, lives and then um, being slaughtered in the end for meat anyway. So there's no getting around the fact that the egg industry is a cruel industry. Um, and so for me, that's the thing that makes me be 100% vegan is the animals for, for my health and for the environment. I think I could be like 85, 90% and that would be okay. But for the animals, I just want nothing to do with it. Uh, I was just gonna ask, is there something in particular, like a documentary you watched or something you read that really cemented that belief for you and that, um, you know, ideology that you were not going to keep supporting that? Um, I think it really was a gradual thing. Uh, I probably went plant-based originally for kind of a mix of reasons. And I sort of was like, oh, I'm going to go plant-based for a month and see how I feel and that kind of thing. And as I was doing that, I started exploring more like videos online about the agricultural industry. Um, I started watching more documentaries. Absolutely. Um, you know, if you are interested in seeing some um movies about animal cruelty uh dominion is one that you can watch online that are earthlings 
um, that absolutely will show you what the experience at a slaughterhouse is, that kind of thing. I really did want to, and I come from an agricultural background, actually. My family is a farming family, so I have wow. seen a lot of these things, and I, hmm. I wanted to... Um, really explore these things in depth and look at things fairly. Um, and in the end, I came to the conclusion that this industry is a cruel industry and not something I want to support. Even when people are very well intended, I am in no way vilifying farmers or anything like that. But um, when you start looking, and I really encourage you to take the time to, like if you love eggs, but you're feeling a little unsure about the experience of a hen's life, I encourage you to start exploring what that experience is like. Really find out what the experience is like and then um, make a decision whether that's something that you want to contribute to or not. I'm fascinated that you grew up in a farming family. Like what kind of what kind of like farming and stuff uh, background does do you and your family have? Like what were you guys? So my father grew up on a dairy farm, although my grandparents sold the cows, sold their quota when I was a very young child. So I don't really remember that part that well. My father still farms that land, but he grows crops now. He doesn't mm. have animals anymore. But my um, aunt and uncle and cousins are beef farmers. Um, I have very good friends that are dairy farmers. Um, and I am still friends with them and still love them. And they are still my family. Yeah. Um, but I now just see all of that whole thing very differently. Wow, that's so interesting. Because, um, yeah, we uh, we did an, uh, an episode recently. We had a guest on who talked about being a vegan. And I'm just, I'm just curious because we did get a lot of... Um, <laughs> emails or messages from people who do work in the farming industry but i noticed that the people that were emailing in saying that this is misinformation are working on like small family farms and not like the larger Mm -hmm. corporations where things are being mass produced so i'm sure there are differences in how the animals are treated and what's going on um but the ultimate thing is like nobody can nobody can deny that animals are being killed for us to eat and all the evidence suggests that we don't actually need to kill them to get those nutrients. And so um, why do you think people are still so like upset with bringing this up? Like in your opinion, uh, why do you think there's so much pushback on this concept? Well, listen, you know, we are a country, Canada is a country that was built on agriculture um, for a, 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 to a large extent. Um, And a lot of us do have family um, uh, who are farmers, um, either in the past or currently still. And I just really am, and I hope I've been fair in everything I've said today. I just really encourage each person as an eater to um, explore what their money is going to support and just make sure that the things that you are buying at the supermarket or if you're going to a restaurant or whatever, make sure that what your money is going to support is something you feel comfortable with. And really take the time to find out what it means. If an animal's raised on a family farm, what does that mean? Mm. What is a family farm? How many animals um, do they have? Do the animals have access to the outdoor? How long do the animals live before they're killed? You know, things like on a dairy farm, are the um male and female calves taken away from their mothers within 48 hours or so after birth um, so that, uh, you know, they can be um, so that we can take the milk from the mothers and the male cows are for the most part raised um, for veal. 
you know, these mm. are things that I think a lot of people who drink milk, for example, don't realize about dairy farms. And if you find all of that out and you know what the experience of a cow's life is like on a dairy farm and you still feel comfortable and that's something that you want to support, then at least you're making an informed decision yeah. about what your money is going to support. And to any farmer who's listening, um, you know, this is these are decisions you have to make about the business that you're running and um, and I, you know, respect you as a person, but I think that every person should understand what's involved in producing the food that they are paying for. Yeah. Um, another big thing is B12. Let's talk about B12. Um, people think yeah. you can't get B12 on a plant-based diet. Um, I've heard so many different differing opinions between take a supplement or you don't need to take a supplement. What is the deal with all that? So B12 is the one thing that I do think that all vegans, anyone who's eating a fully plant-based diet should be supplementing. There are some foods that are fortified commonly with B12, but um, B12 will not be found in whole foods on a plant-based diet. Like it's not contained in beans and greens, like almost every other nutrient is, for example. So the thing about B12, though, a lot of people will use that kind of as proof. They'll say like, well, this proves that it's not a natural diet for humans. But B12 is actually bacterially produced. It's not produced by any animals. Um, So, you know, people who um, eat beef, for example, and they're saying, well, I'm getting my B12 from beef, Um, that beef that they're eating, the cow did not produce the B12 that's in those tissues. The B12 comes from bacteria. Um, So either the cows are getting that bacteria just from eating grains um, that are, you know, not triple washed or whatever, like our vegetables are. And so there's bacteria in their environment mm-hmm. or very commonly, actually, um, farmers will supplement their cattle with minerals, including B12. And then those B12, um, that B12 is just stored in the animal's tissues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's, um, so, you know, cows don't produce B12 either. No mammal produces B12. We don't produce it and, and neither do cows. So um, everyone who is getting B12 is getting it from bacteria. So you can either take a supplement directly, which is bacterially produced, or you can, you know, get that through an animal that has stored it in their tissues. But um, B12 is always produced by bacteria. I had no freaking clue. Yeah, that's yeah, so interesting. That's fascinating. Um, yeah, because that's another one that comes up. Protein and B12, you know, that's like when people find out I'm right, vegan, sure. they're so worried I'm just going to crumple into a pile of dust. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, you know, c- kind of like going back to the, the evidence and the stats and everything that we have now regarding a plant-based diet, can you kind of speak a little bit about uh, like heart disease and diabetes and, and these things like, are they reversible? Can they be prevented? And like, how do we know that? What kind of studies and, and research are, are out there for people to kind of go check out? Yeah. So in terms of reversing um, things like heart disease or diabetes on a plant-based diet, that is absolutely possible. But now we're talking about, I kind of don't like this word, but it's sort of a shorthand. People will understand what I mean. Now we're talking about a very clean plant-based diet, right? Mm. Um, if you're going to reverse disease, Um, But it is possible if you look at the work of Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn, um, and that's for heart disease. And if you look at the work of Dr. Neil Bernard, that's for diabetes, you will see reversal of these conditions with a plant-based diet. If you watch the documentary Forks Over Knives, 
um, on Netflix. Uh, it will show you some of this research evidence. Um, so you can definitely see reversal, but this is now we're talking about somebody who is eating, you know, a very, very healthy version of a plant-based diet. Um, and then there's also prevention. So in prevention, there we're talking more like someone who's kind of following the 80-20 rule, like eating healthy 80% of the time, um, maybe with some vegan brownies and that kind of thing thrown in sometimes. Um, and in that case, we do have good um, epidemiological evidence from really all the major um, studies that have been done. Epic Oxford study is a good one to look at. The um, Adventist Health study um, and Haynes data, even our just national nutrition surveys in um, in Canada, we will always see that a diet high in fruits and vegetables, a diet that is um, high in fiber, a diet high in whole grains, um, lentils, beans, these are always the diets associated with greater longevity and um, less obesity, less heart disease, less diabetes, less cancer. Mm. Awesome. And so one more thing, I'm a, I'm kind of like a junk food food vegan right now, which I'm trying to right. inc- go, go more plant-based with everything, but I'm all into the hot dogs and burgers and pizzas. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm so, uh, you know, I realize that's not super healthy. Um, is, is a kind of junk food vegan diet or a junk food non-vegan diet, are they kind of equivalent or still being like a junk food vegan a little bit better for my health? Oh, I, I think we don't, I think we don't know enough because yeah. there isn't enough research on, I don't even like the term junk food vegan. Let's not, uh, let's, but it's again, it's sort of like clean eating. It's a shorthand. Everybody yeah. knows what we're talking about. Um, I'm going to tell you, this is not the path to health. But you know what? You don't, you don't necessarily have to right. uh, want to be healthy. You're allowed to say, I don't care about that very much. And I just, yeah. this is the food I enjoy and this is the way I want to eat. Yes. You know, you don't have a social obligation to eat the healthiest possible diet. Right. But if you are actually interested in your health, then I'm going to say, if it is better, it's only very marginally better. And in okay. some ways, unfortunately, it may not be better. So just yeah. um, if you care about your health, don't do that. Yeah. No, I totally. <laughs> I, I needed to hear that. I need some external accountability. Um, cool. Do you guys have any? No, Last you've been things. amazing. Thank you so much Thank for taking so time much. to talk to Thank us. you so much. Um, uh, Dr. Pamela, where, where can people find you? And also like what? You know, I know we're going to get pushed back on this episode, unfortunately. A lot of people listen to this show. It's a sensitive topic. So, like, where can people find you? And also, where can people find, like, the most neutral resources out there to kind of dive into this and make their decision about their health or the environment or animals, in your opinion? Go go for it. Thank you. Okay. Well, um, I... You can find me, first of all, on Instagram at drpamela.rd and on Facebook at drpamela.rd. And I have a website at Pamela Ferguson with two S's.com. Um, in terms of finding out about what happens um, in the agricultural industry, I actually encourage people to look at a wide range of places, look at government websites, look even at industry websites themselves, look at PETA, look at both sides of the issue and decide 
where you feel um, the truth is and what your comfort level is. If there are any farms um, that offer open days close to you, go and visit those farms. Um, and just try to find out, because to me, we don't need to ever exaggerate the um, realities of what is happening on farms. Um, just the real truth of what really honestly is happening um, is enough for me to um, to make most people uncomfortable. Mm. Mm. Gotcha. Well, oh. thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate it. I've definitely learned a lot today. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, um, you're you're the bomb. So uh, yeah. Hope thank you. you. Thank Thanks you for having me. And I want to finish up by just saying that just start with whatever, even if it's talking about you moving away from being more a junk food vegan, just start with <laughs> like whatever you can do. Yes. Even if it's just bringing a fruit snack with you to work or whatever. Like <laughs> right. you don't have to. Yeah. Right. You don't have to do everything all at once. Do what you can do for anyone who's listening who really thinks that they can't eat a plant based diet. Like start with just some hummus and veggies. Everybody likes that. Like, you know, just start with what you can do. Totally. I'm about 50 50 right now. So I think I can swing the other way. Uh I'll inch closer to it. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much. That's perfect. (laughs) Exactly. Awesome. Well, have a good rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you. All right. She was awesome. Dude, I learned a lot. That B12 stuff blew my mind. Yeah. I do. Why, why don't we know this stuff? I know. <laughs> I know what is happening. I've been getting reamed for B12 on and off <laughs> for the past five years oh between gosh. being a vegan or whatever, going back and forth. And I should have just looked it up. Yeah. I mean, that's my yeah. bad. Well, that's my bad, people. You would have gotten all kinds of different information. That's true. Good point. That's Good point. true. The internet. It's a garbage fire. <laughs> yes. We so very true. On. Wow. I think it's fascinating that she grew up in a farm, a farming family or, you know, agriculture family and then did not was not raised a plant based or vegan and then made that decision. And she kind of talked about kind of easing into it. Right. She was an omnivore. Then she kind of went vegetarian. Then she went plant based. Um, I think it's really I I just think that speaks volumes to you know, if anybody's going to be sensitive about the topic of yes. veganism, it's going to be somebody who comes from a farming family. And she says, I'm still friends with all of them. I love yeah. them. That's the thing. It's like, um, it's not about um, making people out to be evil. That's just not what this whole situation is, at right. least when it comes to me. It's like, okay, I'm I'm trying to do low-waste stuff. I'm a minimalist. And my dad uh, uh, works, he, he produces plastic bottles. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, I don't think my dad's a bad dude. Do I want to work for the company? No. Like my values are not really matching with that, but I love him. He supported his family that way. He's a great person, but it's, it's, I can look at it objectively. Like I love my dad. I, I, I don't really want more plastic bottles in the universe. Um, right. But like, you know, that, that it's his it's his uh, it's his livelihood. Um, you know, if I really needed a job, I would probably work there. But if I have options, I'm probably not going to. Yeah. And, you know, it's not his fault. That's what the market is wanting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anytime that he's ever tried to go like more an eco-friendly with packaging or something, uh, they have issues with like the labels not staying on properly or the ink not staying on. It's like so oh. the plastic bottles are still in high demand. But he's like, look, as soon as people want to buy the other stuff, th- I'm switching to that because that's how business works. Mm. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like that's just it's unfortunate. It would be it would be a shift. But like as long as this is what people are buying, this is what mm. we keep selling yes. and producing and so i think it's also important to kind of 
separate the emotionality out of business mm. whether it's a dairy business meat mm-hmm. business whatever you're running it's a business and yes it's unfortunate when businesses have to change or fail but there are other options and alternatives and yeah. you can start growing or selling the things that people want did you see that new queer eye by the way Mm-mm. they had a they had a farmer on that was talking about like the decline and they have to sell the cows because people are not really buying dairy anymore and they're oh, you know wow. all the plant alternatives are and he's tra- he's turning his farm into like a more like pumpkin patch type of event Ooh. place where people can come and eat and pet the animals and all that stuff yeah. and it's like okay like yeah it it's changed happening. it yeah. changed but it's like if we I have a hard time with saying that, you know, as a business, you're a victim in a way. I don't really agree with that point of view. Mm. Um, do I think my dad is a victim if people wanted to stop buying plastic bottles? No, I think he runs a business and he has to shift. Right. Yeah. And so when it's like, oh, poor dairy farmers, I, I understand because that's hard to shift that way. But I don't think they're the real victims. So that's, I, that's, I kind of wanted to say that. I think it's interesting that I didn't even know before we booked her that she grew up uh, um, in that I industry. Know, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. How did you guys feel about everything? Um, I mean, we're coming at it from a very different place than you are. Yeah. I yeah. Yeah. You, you are much more invested in this topic. Totally. And totally. we're kind of more like curious. Yeah. Sure. yeah curious. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, yeah. Oh, with the dad well, no, I mean, the more we talk about it, the more I, yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. I really do. It's just, you know, it's figuring out what you as a person are able to do. And it's certainly encouraged me to eat less meat. And I've been doing that the last few years. And again, it depends when you're traveling. Like, sure. You know, if I worked from home, I'm, it might be a lot easier for me to go, you know, there's all these kinds of things that I can get. Whole Foods is right there. But when you are traveling or people who work long hours or whatever your reasoning is, you know, accessibility is a big one. Accessibility and convenience and, um, so I understand why people are so like, you know, up in arms about it. But also yeah. at the end of the day, it's like, it's a personal choice. But I mean, all the environment stuff is hard to yes, disagree yeah. with. That's like, yeah. that's the thing I get stuck on. And I think, well, cause you have, you have a lot of questions about the egg stuff or whatever. And the uh-huh. things that I've been hearing about is like, yes, I guess there's nutrients in eggs, but along with the nutrients, there's other stuff that are not as beneficial. Mm. And so you can get those nutrients from other places without the mm. negative stuff. That's mm-hmm. what I hear about eggs. Cause okay. I know that's like a big kind of like pain point for you. Yeah. Um, is the egg thing. So yeah. I don't know. I, th- I thought it was fascinating and you know, again, it's like, I, there's not really much I can, I can say because I don't feel like getting more hate mail about this. Right. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I appreciated how, um, not shaming she was. Oh yeah. yeah she was totally. so like, do what you can. Yeah. And also if you don't want to change anything, okay like, yeah that's your life that's totally fine totally you do you um i i really like how she just encouraged us to take any steps that we felt comfortable with yeah and rather than telling me like oh i can't believe you still eat deli meat <laughs> i can make a change to have a, a hummus wrap once a week instead or a roasted yeah. veggie thing um yeah absolutely i mean that's a, that's all we can really do here um so and and the thing is like we've all most of us were not born and raised vegan we know what it's like to be eating meat and to have that part of our routine and stuff yeah so it's not like all or nothing most people don't change overnight and wake up vegan the next day right that's just not usually how it works there's a lot of things that kind of go into our into play so all right you want to do some quick segments yeah i will say i'm I'm trying to do a little bit of a, a treat yourself with how i travel um, I just had a, a very hellish 
flight experience. My flight got delayed like eight hours. I was in the JFK airport, um, and then my the flight itself back to LA was seven hours. Just like a really long flight. All these kids around me were screaming and coughing and hacking the whole time, and it was just so it was just not pleasant. And um, I think it's time for me to actually invest in some like nice noise canceling headphones you know those expensive bose ones where i've been like i don't need it i've got my own but just the more i talk with other comics who fly a lot they're like do whatever you need to do to make that time in the sky as comfortable as possible yeah because you're gonna have to keep doing it so why not invest in something like noise canceling headphones mm-hmm. um a nice sleep mask yeah. i'm using a flimsy one that came for free with a neck pillow you know yeah. it's just <laughs> There's so many things you can do. So um, part of mine and Kane's wedding gifts were some Amazon gift cards. So I used those yesterday to start buying some new things. I bought some new luggage. Nice. Just, That's nice. Uh, yeah, I've been kind of dragging my feet on investing in that and making myself feel more comfortable. But um, I'm taking those steps to make it better. Good. Nice. Yeah. I had to treat yourself this week that was uh, born out of necessity. But I canceled a date this weekend. I was supposed to go to... Uh, Detroit and do like a cool gig and I just can't uh there's a lot of personal stuff going on right now and I couldn't do it and I just said to my reps like can can you let them know I can't come and uh you know it's I just I have to be better about doing that I just have to be better about going like I can't do this I can't Mm -hmm. do this right now and uh also I went back to uh see my psychiatrist this week to uh get on some stuff so you know everybody's everyone's taking care of themselves yeah. the best they can yeah. yeah uh i have a good shit slash the fuck i finally tried aerial yoga oh everybody <laughs> i've gone twice uh it is terrifying uh, <laughs> I'm uh, no i mean it is kind of but the, so oh my god you guys the first the first class i'm thinking this is this is level one intro no, you go upside down the first t- the first class. You are hanging up, up upside down, like suspended in the air. Anyway, so you're I don't know if you've tried it. Have you guys ever tried it or no. like seen what it is? So it's like you're you're hanging from like a long sheet or silk like or whatever they call it, cloth yeah. or whatever. And but what's interesting, I didn't know about it. I thought you were just going to be kind of like hanging on this like swing situation. It's actually like nine feet long to where you can put your whole body inside of it. So oh, for wow. some of the times, like you're you're like stretching and stuff in this like freaking hanging cocoon situation, <laughs> and then sometimes you're wrapping it around your body so you can do different oh, moves wow. and stuff. Um, I am terrible at it, and I feel so bad for the instructor. But um, <laughs> I was so I was like in my cocoon and we're about to like go upside down and you guys I, I queefed so loud oh <laughs> my god I am like queefing upside down in this cocoon suspended from the ceiling and the instructor is like trying to like help me like get into the right spot but while I'm like holding her breath it was oh like I'm like oh my god I don't want her to come closer because I don't want her to hear me keep like queefing but i also really need this help so i'm just like in the air um you know about to pass out you know queefing upside down in my cocoon what is so yeah (laughs) it was it was um definitely interesting i bought a package of three classes because they have like a new client deal so i have to go at least another time because i've gone twice i don't know if it's for me but I'm glad I tried it. <laughs> Maybe you need to keep like a tampon in when you go, just like silence it. Dude, you know what? I had I had my uh, my cup in. So uh, okay, this is what I think is 
the issue because I was so scared because it's freaking scary being suspended from the yeah. ceiling yeah. and going upside down when you're not used your body's not used to being upside down yeah, yeah. hanging out and so you know when you get scared and you just kind of get a little moist that, that happens to you guys right like, no i don't sweat? get wet when i'm afraid what? you don't like if you okay fear if, doesn't you get mean, me like, wet sweaty no you get like you know have you ever been on, like a roller coaster and you get off the roller coaster and you're like oh my god i'm a, i'm you know because you're afraid i'm scared and that's why i think what's going on and so it's just making a lot more noises than <laughs> usual Oh my god! Your that's fucking. It was not my ideal first experience. Um, the second time was a little bit less scary, but um, same uh, amount of queefy. But but I I was like I was so nervous to queef the whole time. So um, is this like a common I thing? I did with you? put a tampon in because I'm like I cannot <laughs> queef this time. I can't believe so, this. <laughs> I don't because it, it's a small space and it's like quiet music. So if I queef, everybody hears it. There's five oh of us. Okay. <laughs> you guys. Is queefing like a common thing that happens to you? No. No, that's why I was Only so surprised. when you're nervous. But here's the thing. I, there's nothing I can do about it because I'm upside down. <laughs> it's like my right. legs. Yeah. My legs are like this and I'm queefing. <laughs> Delaney. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> it was, listen. I, think I will not go all, to this class. We should you. all try it together. <laughs> no. I think you guys would you're be You're really, yeah, you're not selling it. Anyway, I don't think I'll be going back to the queef cocoon, but that was my experience. I'm glad I tried it. Uh, now I will never have to wonder if it's for me because it's not. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. We love you. You know what it is. Please don't send me hate mail after this episode. <laughs> Thank you so much. Love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> you guys, we love you so much. Thank you for supporting Self Helpless. You can follow us on social media, on Instagram and Facebook at Self Helpless Podcast. And you can visit selfhelplesspodcast.com for all things self helpless. Learn about Patreon and how to sign up. Our merch is there, information about our Facebook group and how to join. All the episodes you can listen to are on there. A little bit about the show. Our individual sites are linked there and our contact information, email, and P.O. box if you want to send us some love letters. And yeah. you can follow us individually as well. I am at Delaney Fisher on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and DelaneyFisher.com, where you can watch my docu-comedy special, Love at First Cousin, for free. And then DicksByDelaney.com if you want to buy some dick mugs. Sweet. I'm at Kelsey Cook Comedy on Instagram, at Kelsey Cook on Twitter, KelseyCook.com for all tour dates and merch. And my album, Savor It, is still available to buy on iTunes. And you can watch Wrists of Fury, my foosball web series that has an episode of Taylor and Delaney uh, on the All Things Comedy YouTube channel. And I am at Taylor Tomlinson on Twitter and Instagram and ttomcomedy.com for my Netflix special and all live tour dates. Sweet. We yeah. love you guys. So much. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>